Welcome to another episode of the Find You Fitness Podcast. This is your boy, Lee Pinkham. Find me on the gram at Lee Pinkham, uh, P-I-N-K-H-A-M. You guys and girls have been just <clears throat> absolutely outstanding in, in reaching out to me about this podcast. And uh, whether it be, you know, topics you'd like to hear, things that you picked up on and implemented into your life, uh, or or just kind of, you know, dropping by and showing your support. I, I truly cannot thank you enough for all of that. Um, today's episode is is really centered around resistance training. What it is, how to start, how to not overcomplicate it, and how to progress within it. If this is your first time listening, welcome. Thanks for thanks for stopping by and, and putting me in your ears. Um, <clears throat> I like to say I, I do things a little differently around here, and uh, I, I'm not really here to tell you exactly what to do and how to live your life. Um, think of me more like a guide. Basically, you get to listen to me talk about the worst mistakes I've made when lifting, so you don't do the same thing I did. I'm, I'm basically your guinea pig. Learn from my mistakes so you don't make the same ones. That sounds pretty sweet to me. And you, and in the process, you'll find you. And that's what this podcast is all about. What, what can I do to help you find you in this space? And if you've been training for a while, this is still going to be a great episode for you to help you listen so you can pick up some different tips and tricks to help out any of your family or friends, if they've expressed interest in, in working out, but they don't know where to start and they're turning to you for help. So sit back, relax and enjoy. When I was searching for a good quote to use in today's podcast, I, I actually I found this one. I just did a quick Google search and I found it. And damn, man, I, I'm going to tell you guys this. It got me so good. I, I just have to share it with you all. Here it is. Don't live the same year 70 times and call it a life. Whoa, whoa, buddy. <laughs> that that really hit deep. <clears throat> if you've heard me talk before about how complacency in life isn't always a good thing, uh, this is the best quote to sum that up. You know, I'm, I'm a firm believer that it is your life and you can do whatever the hell you want to do with it. That's totally up to you. Um, routine Routines are great to have. And I recommend everyone has a routine in some way, whether it be breakfast or, uh, you know, a certain workout that you like to do or class you like to take or family plan, that family thing you like to do with your family. Uh, that's great. It's great to have routines. Um, like I said, I, I've had my very specific morning breakfast routine for, shoot, probably six years now, and I absolutely love it. It's five eggs and an omelet every single morning with an apple for sure. Those two things are the staple. And it's on some toast, of course. And then <clears throat> I have some coffee. I guess that's a staple as well. And then some days I'll throw in some oatmeal or some turkey sausage or maybe even an orange or something like that. If, if you live with me, you know that I'm very p particular about my morning routine. Um, so it is great to have, you know, but living the same life, not just a specific routine, but living that same life year in and year out because you don't want to get uncomfortable and grow and learn something new. That's that's not the way I want to live my life. And and sometimes I don't 
I don't want to get out there and, and try new things and learn something for the first time. But every time I've ever done that and, and got up there, I, I never have regretted it. And, and really, that's how I got started in resistance training. And, you know, like uh, like most people, I was really uncomfortable to walk into a gym and work out. It, I felt like I felt like everyone would judge me and critique me for the way I worked out because I didn't even know what if I what what I was doing was right. You know, no matter how many YouTube videos I watched on that same like that very same exercise before I even walked into the gym. Um, I'm sure that as we go through this podcast, I'll end up talking about some of my experiences. Um, but before I kind of go off on a random tangent about that. Uh, let's start with some of the basics about resistance training. So let's define it. Well, by definition, resistance training is exercises, I guess are exercises, uh, that, that use external resistance with the expectation of building strength and or muscle and or muscular stamina. So with the expectation that you're going to get stronger and build muscle is kind of the, the idea behind resistance, what resistance training is. And, you know, I think, you know, right off the bat, when I hear that definition, um, I know that people get deterred from resistance training because they don't hear the words fat loss in that definition. I mean, when people are getting started in the gym, they want to lose weight or they want to shape their body in a specific way. You know, they want to aesthetically look different. Uh, that's totally fine. I remember when I started hitting the weights, I really just wanted to look bigger and get stronger. I didn't want to be a skinny twig anymore. I, I wanted to, you know, I honestly, I felt like I wanted to be more manly. Um, and I was also, I was also really competitive and I am to this day. So I, I wanted to be stronger than all of my friends who, when we were working out together in the gym and, you know, that, that competitive aspect, especially with my friends is something that drove me for a long time. And, and it still kind of drives me to an extent today with some of my buddies. Um, I think it's where I actually got a lot of my shit talking from. Because I, I love to shit talk to my buddies in the gym and I absolutely mean nothing by it. You know, if it's like, oh, you won't add 10 more pounds on, you know, on the bench press or the deadlift or whatever you're doing. Um, you won't deadlift more than me. You know, I, I'm trying to push these people and, and in a friendly way to, to do more, to un uncover what they truly can, uh, truly can do in the gym. And if they end up doing more than me or whatever, I really don't care. I'm actually happy for them. I just I'm kind of glad that I was able to pull that out of them. But, you know, sometimes it can come off as, you know, a little cocky on my end, but I never mean it like that. And, you know, at the end of the day, that's that's what matters. I don't mean it. So um, I do what I want. All right. Uh, so resistance training is very important for fat loss. Is it the only way to lose fat? Absolutely not. Cardio can do that, too. Um, is it the most effective way over time? Resistance training Definitely all day long. And I'm, I'm not going to sit here and really debate the two resistance training and cardio. Um, they're both very important for your overall health. They both have their pros and cons. Um, but there is this stigma in the industry that if you want to lose weight, you need to do a ton of cardio. And people say, well, that burns the most calories. And so that's what I'm trying to do. Right. And, you know, in essence, yeah, but it's not really correct. And and here's why. If we're looking to burn the most calories within the next, let's say, 30 minutes, 30 minutes of cardio technically will burn more calories than 30 minutes of resistance training. So technically, cardio does burn more calories. But here's the catch. The demands 
of resistance training speeds up your metabolism over time. This means that someone who does resistance training consistently, they'll burn more calories over time opposed to someone who's just doing cardio. You know, I'll use, I like to use me as an example, of course. I I consider myself fairly muscular compared to the average person, only, only sort of, right? But I'll burn more calories throughout the day than someone who only does cardio. I, I have more muscle than them. And that muscle will require more energy just to maintain itself as it's pretty expensive just, just to have. Think of it as like a princess. Um, the more muscle that you have on your body, the, the bigger your bank account is going to be or the larger your calorie maintenance is going to be. It, it's like a bigger car. It requires more gas to run. That same is that concept with muscle. And how do you build muscle? Resistance training. So while 30 minutes of resistance training won't burn more calories than 30 minutes of cardio, resistance training will burn more calories over time as it's just so expensive just to maintain, right? Hopefully you guys are kind of grasping that a little bit. Muscle's greedy. It wants all the energy just to just to maintain itself. It, it makes the amount of calories I need for my calorie maintenance, it, it makes that number go up since some of that energy from the calories is going to be going to ju- just to the muscle just to maintain it, right? And or grow, opposed to the cardio bunny who doesn't have any muscle. So <clears throat> that the cardio bunny, th- their calorie maintenance is going to be lower. And, you know, with that, any excess energy that, you know, they have will be stored as fat. So in essence, I'm going to end up burning more calories at rest because I have more muscle. If, uh, if, if that didn't really make much sense to you, uh, rewind it and listen to it again. So this is actually also the same reason why I can eat 35 to 4,000 calories a day and stay at about 10 to 12% body fat. Um, and you know what, thinking about that, a stigma that, that comes in, comes up in, in my mind, um, is when someone suggests the idea of like, they don't want to hit the gym for resistance training because they don't want to look like one of those bodybuilder freaks. Right. And the women are notorious for this. You know, people will take anything, no matter if it's fitness, nutrition, uh, you know, a sport, and they immediately look at the extreme version of it. And they think that that's the way that, you know, that's the way life is for them. That's just the way life will be. If you start doing that, you know, those are the outliers. And they do stand out. They're an outlier. But what what the average person that is talking about this, what they don't see is that 99% of the people that do it, they don't look like that. And whenever someone tells me they don't want to get too big or look like, you know, one of them, I always tell them that, look, if, if you wake up the next day and you look like a pro bodybuilder, we need to get you to a lab ASAP because you you need to be studied. Or you need to, or if, if you're in love with your body, maybe you need to consider a career switch and you need to get into bodybuilding ASAP because you're a genetic anomaly. And, you know, I always kind of ended up with this. I'm like, you know, if I woke up one day and said, you know what, man, shit, I'm just too big. I, you know what I would do? I'd just cut my training back some. But it takes years and years and years to get there. I'm waiting for the day I wake up and say, you know what, I think I'm too big. I think I need to slim down a little bit. That workout, that arm workout I hit yesterday just put way too much muscle on me. I'm I'm just beat. 
But it's, it's it, that it doesn't happen like that is my point. Resistance training, it has a ton of benefits outside of just changing your aesthetics. You know, it can protect your joints from injury. It can decrease your overall risk of injury. It can help improve your flexibility and balance. It, it helps with prevention of chronic diseases like diabetes, heart disease, arthritis, depression, uh, obesity. It, it can increase your bone density and strength as well, which that can help reduce like the risk of osteoporosis. It can, it can just really improve your everyday life. Resistance training, it can help your hormones too. Hormones like testosterone, it feeds off a of muscle. When, when you're sending a signal to your body saying, hey, let's build muscle, that'll help raise those test levels. And as we all know, having healthy levels of testosterone for guys is associated with, with healthy bone mass and healthy heart and blood function. And it helps regulate your libido if you, know, you needed even more motivation to hit the weights talking to you guys out there. Um, another, another beautiful thing about weight training is that anyone can do it. Regardless if you're in a wheelchair, you have cerebral palsy, or you have no arms, or you're overweight, or you're underweight, 95 years old, or you're 15. It's literally one of the safest, safest methods of exercises there's exercise there is. And this all actually... This all reminds me of an, even another st a stigma associated with resistance training. That is dangerous, right? You hear, especially the old people, oh, it's dangerous to lift weights. And I actually thought that myself growing up, you know, it's just what I was told. You have to be really, really careful. You know, I talked about this in a previous podcast, but with anything you do, you're going to run the risk of it being dangerous. When resistance training is done safely and properly, it is actually incredibly safe. I, it's one of the safest things you can do as far as exercise goes. I, I think that these negative st stigmas, they really set back resistance training for years as being a good recommendation for exercise for, for the general population. The, the good news, however, is that probably over the last like 10 to 15 years, the popularity of resistance training is really growing. I know I've only been in it for several myself, but even in the, even in these seven years, I've really seen a lot of change. I, I, I just, I think more and more people are, they're starting to see the benefits of it and how many of these stigmas are just myths and really had no validity to them besides, you know, grandpa telling you about it. You're even seeing doctors recommend resistance training more and more to their patients and, and guys, I'm, I'm really going to give you my two cents here about something that irks me about the medical community as well. I, I guess I'm just doing this because I can. Uh, I'm really all about, I want everyone to be happy. I'm not really doing this podcast to uh, piss a lot of people off, but I, I do, I am going to give you my two cents and I will preface this. I, I think it's a changing trend and that's good. That's, that's what we want. But I, I don't think that a lot of doctors, they, I don't think they truly understand the benefits of that resistance training can provide to the gen, general population. Now, I'm not saying that they don't see the benefits of exercise, but I can't tell you how many clients of mine and, and even doctors I had growing up just say, well, yeah, of course you need to exercise, but they don't really emphasize it and as, as if it'll only help just a little bit. And if you strip away the, the title doctor, from them. They're just a family member who's telling you you need to exercise in the tone that they're saying it in. And you already knew that. 
but there's nothing behind it. And I, frankly, guys, I refuse to see a doctor who doesn't do any form of exercising themselves. I'm not saying, excuse me, I'm not saying they got to be doing CrossFit or bodybuilding or anything, you know, specific or crazy or whatever. Um, just if they don't exercise, they're basically someone who read in a book or was taught in a class that exercise is really important, but they have no experience in it for themselves. And, you know, that when it comes down to that point, it's actually like the fact that they're giving recommendations or they're overlooking it to people like overlooking the fact that people need to exercise because maybe they don't think it helps a lot or they don't have experience with it themselves. Um, and they're giving these, you know, that recommendation to, you know, people that maybe should really try to get in the gym and, you know, they don't do any of it themselves. I don't know. I just, I just feel like it's, uh, I feel like that's scary. And, uh, I'm not saying that exercise will cure everyone's problems. Sometimes when, you know, someone's got something going on, exercise is going to be too much for them or it's, it's already too late. Um, but if addressing their exercise and diet isn't at the top of the list, I'm hauling my ass out of the door of that office. Um, I'm not trying to be this super holistic person who says medication is never necessary, but glossing over your exercise and nutrition, like it only plays a small role in it all is stupid. But instead of just me complaining about it, or you know, what are some solutions do you guys think that'll help uh, within the community? If it's just more education, if it's uh, more, uh, more a better relationship between, you know, doctor's offices and um, personal trainers, uh, just whatever you think, let me know. Personally, I'd love to see more of a bridge, I guess. I guess that's a better word for it between, you know, doctor's offices, PT offices and gyms. You know, doctors who aren't afraid to reach out to a personal trainer for recommendations if if they're not quite ready for physical therapy, um, which is a good thing, really. Uh, you know, having establishing better relationships with with more trainers in the area. When I was a trainer, I was just tapping into this before I, I got accepted in the chiropractic school. And as as a coach for Rocksteady Boxing, which if you haven't heard of it, it's absolutely amazing. And, and it definitely changed my life for the better. It's a class for those with Parkinson's disease. And if you have Parkinson's, you have a neurologist. And so through this class, we actually got to know some of the neurologists uh, that were working with our, our boxers. And once they, once we met and they saw our program and they trusted us and everything we did in the class, you know, they would recommend their patients to us. So now they have something to kind of back up their recommendation instead of saying, hey, you need to go get in a, a, a go. You just need to go exercise more. They said, hey, how about this rock steady cl- boxing class? Have you ever heard of that? Um, and and that's those are the kind of connections that need to be made more and more within the um, within the industry. So at this at this job I had, we actually also had on site physical therapists. Sorry, guys, I actually got interrupted there. Um, so uh, physical therapist. Yeah, so we actually had on-site physical therapists. Uh, they started up right as I was leaving this job, but I absolutely love the idea. It was bridging the gap from clinic to community. When, if they were cleared from physical therapy, they would actually have the option to work with a trainer 
that was recommended to them by the very that same PT that was on site um, working in our working in our building. And this is the changing tide. And I know that that there's a lot of uh, the clinic to community that is actually growing a lot. And I absolutely love it. And, you know, there's probably even better examples of it out there. Um, I just believe that and, you know, it just needs to keep growing. It, it needs to be more of an option. You know, a lot of people nowadays, you know, they're getting released from physical therapy and I'm seeing them in the gym and, you know, they tore their rotator cuff and they did the exercises and rehab and PT and they got cleared from PT, rightfully so, from physical therapy. Uh, you know, they did what they could for them and they need to go home and do these exercises. But, you know, then they're going to the gym and they're doing things they shouldn't be doing because they're not focusing on their injury or rehabbing their injury, you know, taking it to that next step instead. And because they think they can do it on their own or whatever the reason may be behind it. And next thing you know, I'm seeing these people because, you know, they can't lift their arm over their head, although they used to, they could after they got clear when they were going through physical therapy. And then they started trying to do it on their own. And now all of a sudden they're back to back to square one. So I do think it's a change in try, try or tide. Sorry. I think more and more people are starting to understand the importance of resistance training and how to recommend it to someone. You know, just telling someone to go to a gym and work out isn't going to do the trick. It's not, there's, there's no depth in that. Um, we all know we need to do that, but we need more, you know, specific directions of what exactly to do. So I don't want to get, I don't want to get too far off topic here. Um, if I'm not careful, I can really rant for, for days here, but you know, that's also why I started podcasting, I guess. So, uh, just deal with it guys. Much love. So if you're a beginner and you're listening, listening in, you, you may be wondering, where do you start? I, I've convinced you that resistance training is beneficial. I've done my job. Awesome. Um, and you need to do it. You know that now. Well, like I said earlier, don't think, don't take things to the extreme. Don't overcomplicate it. Many people try to do way too much too fast. Ease your way into it. Everyone always thinks that they need to go, you know, zero to a hundred when it comes to working out. Um, from training zero days a week, zero days a month. Um, to this elaborate like five to seven day a week plan or they think that every time they walk into the gym they have to kill themselves to make it worth it that's overcomplicating things don't do that instead just set something that's realistic for example next week you're gonna go hit the gym two three two to three times just tell yourself you're going to hit it two to three times. Don't worry about what you're going to do yet. Just commit to those two days or three days next week. Um, it's a number you can totally hit. It won't completely alter your life schedule. And it's way better than saying you'll go for five days. And when you don't go for five days, you give up because you couldn't hit that number. You know, many people also think that to see results, you need to be going to the gym five days a week. Absolutely false. But we're just trying to get you into the gym. Look at your schedule. Schedule your gym time in. Pack pack your clothes the night before so there's no excuse. Um, like I said, put it on your put it on your schedule. Make it make it a meeting just like it is at work or uh, just like a dentist appointment is. You maybe you don't always want to go, but you do it anyways. Um, what you'll find is that if you consistently do this for a few weeks, you're going to be itching for more. I promise you, it'll become so a part of your routine that you'll definitely not miss any days. So for some, you know, that might take four weeks. For others, it may take 
two months. It, but this is kind of this is a really good method to use for just getting into the gym. And now that you're in here, you're in the gym. It can be really overwhelming. I, I know it can. There's a thousand different pieces of equipment. You know what absolutely none of them do, except for the treadmill, right? Um, and you don't want people to judge you for doing something wrong. Um, you also, you don't want to ask for help because you don't want to seem helpless. And you also want to be effective with your time and your workouts. And, you know, you don't want to waste it. So if I, and I've done this before, so I, I jokingly say this and, but I mean, I'm speaking from personal experience. I, I know that when I was first starting out, if I were nervous or I saw someone in there that was really strong, um, that kind of intimidated me just by the way they looked and not nothing to do with their personality, I just go hop on the treadmill and, and walk for 30 minutes and then, and then either wait for them to leave or go home. And it's like, if you, if you want to walk on the treadmill, if you're going to get a gym membership to walk on the treadmill, I mean, unless the weather's really, really hot, really, really cold, uh, just go outside and you can do that outside. Uh, just be, I mean, your, your goal is to try to be effective with your time. I mean, I want you through the door. And so if that's what gets you in there, then so be it. But, um, you know, it, it's okay to hit the weights as well. Uh, so once we're in there, you know, there's a few different avenues we can go down here. I, I made I've made a list. Uh, th- this is based off of what worked for me, and also what has worked for people that I know. So let me let me pull this up here, guys. So um, the first one, the first one is is just go in there and start using the machines. You can you can do the five minute walk on the treadmill or or ride a bike a stationary bike for five minutes if if you need to get comfortable in the setting and the environment just don't get stuck on it and and then leave because you're too nervous kind of like I was just saying but yeah just uh, just go on the machines I mean see what they all do they're usually separated based on what body part they work you, you'll see machines for the arms the legs the chest uh, shoulders back etc you'll see it all. Um, and your core too. Just just get on each and do two to three rounds of ten reps. Okay, nothing crazy. Pick a light weight, read the machine, see what is supposed to work, and, and try to feel it in that area. Um, do the same thing every each time you go into the gym for the week. Uh, maybe try a new piece of equipment. Uh, equipment nowadays, guys. They actually, I mean, a lot of it, if it's even relatively new, it has a barcode on it. Or something that where you can scan it with your phone and it'll automatically send you to like a YouTube video to tell you exactly what to do. I mean, and it'll show you what to do. So if it doesn't get any better than that, um, I mean, I don't know what will. But this method, this isn't my favorite way to um, get a quest, get accustomed to the gym. But the idea is that it'll get you feeling more comfortable in the weight section. So eventually, you'll branch out even more and more. Um, you'll notice that. In gyms, they're they're set up in a very particular way. When you walk in, the first thing you always see is going to be the cardio equipment, right? You're going to see treadmills, ellipticals, bikes, and then you go a little bit past that. You're going to see more machines, okay? And then once you go a little bit past the machines, you're going to see more free weights, dumbbells, um, kettlebells, things like that. Go past that a little bit more, you're going to see more of the barbell stuff, more of the weightlifting. Um, side of the side of things, powerlifting, things like that. And they're actually set up like that on purpose because 
that's basically how people, you know, gradually get accustomed to the gym. They come in and they get on the cardio equipment and then, oh, you know, when I see that machine that this guy's always doing over there, let me go try that out. You go over and you do the machine and you feel like it's hard for people to see you um, because, you know, the machine's kind of like surrounding you in this little, little box, so to speak. And then you see, and then you're looking at the people doing dumbbell stuff and, you know, maybe you get curious and you ask a question or something like that. Uh, they're, they're just set up in a very particular way. So that's, that's just one way that you can, you know, get, start doing something in the gym. Uh, is this the most effective use of your time in the gym? Hell no. But I'm just trying to get you in there and, and lifting weights. I don't care what you do at first. Um, once you break through that doorway and you start to really get even a small grasp of things, um, you'll be, you'll be itching for more, I promise. And that's, that's, uh, that's one of the biggest things about the gym is, um, you know, and I'm going to probably elaborate on this even, even more later, but when you like being effective with your time in the gym, um, you know, it's all about finding something that you enjoy doing. Okay, so we can talk about what's the most effective modality modalities in the in the gym and most effective way to work out. But if you're not having fun, you're you're not going to do it, right? So uh, it's all about, especially if you're first time doing it, try a little bit of everything. See see what you like, see what tastes good, and 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 then dive into it full force. Um, uh, another method uh, that you can use here is you know call a call a buddy. Who, who goes to the gym, who does work out, even if you only kind of know them and you just follow them on Instagram, just shoot them a message and ask. I'll go ahead and tell you everyone who works out even semi-consistently, and I bet there's a million people, well, if a million people listen to this podcast, if, if so, I know that all of those people that work out, if even if they semi-consistently work out, they love to give advice on what to do in the gym. Um, I mean, absolutely love it. And if you can't go with a friend, just maybe ask someone in the gym for some help. Uh, nine times out of 10, they will love to help you. I can't, I mean, it's it's basically kind of getting your ego stroked a little bit uh, it, because you feel like, man, this person actually came up to me for advice. Like, you know, I feel like, I'm, you know, maybe I'm getting pretty good at this kind of stuff. Um, and really, that's just a great stepping stone for you as well um, to not mind being vulnerable, especially in, a, in a, it could be an intimidating environment. And, um, you know, I really reaching out for help and you know, that, that reminds me, I'm a, I'm gonna go on another little tangent here, but you know, I work out in the gym daily. Okay. Maybe six, five, six days a week if I can. Um, I'm always interacting with other people. And I'm gonna go ahead and tell you this guys, no one cares what you're doing in the gym. We get so caught up and caring about what other people think of us, but no one, no one, no one actually cares what you're doing. And if they do, which there are some that are judgmental, you know, just like in everything, um, there's some that, you know, they're judging you because maybe they see that you're new and they want to be able to offer you help. Um, but if they judge you in a, you know, a, it looks like a negative way, or you find out that, you know, they're snickering while you're doing your set of dumbbell curls and pointing that at you behind your back. You know what? They're probably an asshole outside of the gym anyways, right? It's probably someone you wouldn't even want to be friends with. So, so who cares? Who cares what they what they think? 
But if you if you don't have a friend or, you know, if you don't have a friend who'll work out with you, I guess, or any friends, you know, take take a class. Try a class. I, I promise you, you'll make some friends. Um, or ask for a personal trainer. You know, many people, they, they won't hire a trainer. They won't go to a class because they don't think they need one, right? Or, you know, like they just think that they're too good for one or they can, you know, I can do it on my own. I just got to do it. But that's part of the reason why people get trainers in the first place. They, they, they held you, they hold you accountable. Um, they trainers, they give you accountability since you're, you're committed to a scheduled time. Trainers, trainers can help you to establishing an effective workout, one that'll give you the best bang for your buck. And if they're a really good trainer, which they're out there, they can assess and program your workouts based around your weaknesses, your imbalances, and your previous injuries. You can progress much faster with a trainer than on your own. And yes, I know what you're thinking, but it's expensive. I'll go ahead and tell you this, guys. It is a lot cheaper than that $20,000 medical bill for the any of the problems that you have that you could have just avoided by just exercising in the first place, right? But your call. So if you want to give it a shot on your own, that's totally great too. These are just some avenues to kind of help you get exposed to the gym. You know, and you can you can still be new to this and have effective workouts. Don't get me wrong. You know, but that's what I want to talk about next. There, there are several movements that if you do do these in your workouts, you will be very effective with your time in the gym. They will give you the fastest results, the best results. And I'm not promising you anything here, guys. You know, that's not how I roll. But uh, you do want to progress. I'm sure you do. That's why you're in the gym. Um, so, you know, uh, these, a few of these things I'm about to go over, that's going to help you out a ton. And these movements that I'm going to go over, they're, they're super functional to your everyday life. And it's going to allow you to eliminate the thought of having to use like 90% of the equipment that's in the gym already. That might sound like a win-win to you. All right. First things first. First lift, we got the deadlift. Uh, lifting things off the ground properly. It's absolutely fantastic for developing the posterior chain. That's like the backside of your body, hamstrings, glutes, back. Um it's absolutely wonderful for that. Now, the cool part about it is it it, it develops an overall nice-looking body. It's a full-body workout. Um, but deadlifts, remember this, guys, deadlifts are not bad for your back if you're thinking this. Uh, doing them properly with a brace core and a neutral spine, they're an amazing exercise. But it is a skill to work at. And so I know some of my more experienced people will be like, how are you going to recommend a deadlift? You know, it is one of the most effective workouts you can do. And if you don't know how to do it, then refer back to, you know, my tips from before. Hire, hire a trainer. That's someone that can teach you. Go with a friend that knows how to do them. Or ask someone in the gym. Ask someone that you see deadlifting and say, how do I do this? And follow that up with some YouTube videos. Watch it on your own um, and, and get to it. Uh, deadlifts are super functional, too. I mean, you pick crap up off the ground all the time, right? And if you don't know what a deadlift deadlift is, you're probably picking up stuff off the ground incorrectly. Um, so you probably need to start deadlifting so you can kind of understand the movement, its purpose behind it, and how it can help you reduce the risk of injury. Uh, another movement, this is going to be the king, squatting. And some people might hear that and say, but my knees or my back or my, you know, uh, what else, my hips or my feet, my ankles whatever. Look, there's about a million different variations of a squat. Uh, 
you know, people always get freaked out about this, but there's, there's a ton of modifications and, and many people, they look straight at the person doing a barbell back squat and they say, I can't do that. That's too bad for me. Well, everything is, is scalable in, in the fitness world when you're in resistance training, really. So training clients, you know, every client I've ever trained in my life. And if you're a good trainer, you do this too. You always start with just a body weight squat. In its very basic form, just have them stand up and sit down in a chair. And bam, they're squatting, right? Um, from there, we can pro- progress or progress quickly out of that. You can remove the bench and or the chair and just and squat to get your hip crease below parallel. You can hold onto a kettlebell or a dumbbell in front of you. Um, and once you kind of master that kind of stuff, you can get a hold of the good old barbell and do some front or some back squats. Uh, squatting's not bad for you. Like I said, uh, if you sit down and take a shit, then you squat throughout the day. So if it's something you're not working on throughout your daily life, uh, it's going to catch up with you sooner or later. And part of that is why, you know, you have it. Maybe you have a grandparent that can't stand up or sit down on your on their own, or uh, they need to grab onto something just to just to get up and moving. Um, that's a red flag. They you want them to always be able to do that. Um, you don't want the thought. I mean, and think about it for yourself, guys. If you're seventy year old, seventy years old, and you always need to grab something just to stand up, and you know this is assuming you had no injury that set you back or anything like that, like. <clears throat> Like if you always need to grab something just to stand up, think about how much that's going to hinder you. Like you get to a bathroom, you're, are you going to have to get in the handicap stall because you're going to need something to help you stand up? Uh, are you not going to be able to sit in a very comfy couch because it's going to be too deep and you're just not going to have the, the strength to pull yourself up? Um, are you not going to be able to go to a restaurant because the, the table is wobbly and you're not going to be able to put your hand on it just to sit down or stand up? Uh, that's kind of the harder way to look at this stuff, guys. And and it sounds can sound pretty you know painful to listen to, but it's incredibly realistic. And I've worked with many people in the fitness world as a trainer, where you know squatting was what we created their entire workout routine around because they couldn't do it. And so if I'm seeing them, let's say three times a week, we're squatting three times a week. We're just you know varying the levels of intensity of um, at which we do it in. And reason being is because if they're squat, if I'm making them squat three days a week, there's a hot chance they're not squatting for the other four days of the week. Um, and I need to get it all in while I can. And so there's a lot of variations you can do to, to make this fun as well, but also to make it effective and efficient, an efficient use of your time. So something else you need to be doing if you want effective workouts in the gym or any pushing movements, really, uh, start with something basic like a dumbbell chest press. Um, you grab two light dumbbells, you lay flat on a bench, and you press the weight straight up to where the weights will end up being even with your chest. I'm doing the motion here as if you can see me doing this. Um, any kind of press, that's going to be fantastic. I, it, think about it almost like a push-up. You're just, it's just kind of like the reverse of a push-up. Um, and it has incredible you know, carryover to your everyday life. If you're having to push something up, if you have the ability to go push your hand straight overhead and if you're able to bring your shoulder up to by your ear without like arching your low back a lot, then you need to be doing some sort of shoulder press as well. And that's also a pushing movement. 
And that's, that's the kind of stuff that's going to help you do the simple things in life, like uh, shut your trunk in your, in your car after you open it. Or if you have to reach up and get something off the top shelf, you want to be able to have the strength and the mobility to be able to get up there in the first place um, without having to call someone for help unless you're just, you know, you're too short. Uh, another one. This one is by far underlooked for sure. But any rotational work, uh, anything where you're rotating and you're um, working in that range, working within that range, uh, grab a band or on a cable machine with a with a really light load and you do a payoff press or a payoff press, depending on how you want to pronounce it. Um, if you don't know what that is, YouTube it and see how to do it. Uh, that's one that I still do all of the time. And lastly, throw in some core work. Um, now, every movement that I mentioned today, they all work the core, okay, in some aspect. Um, but throw in some specific stuff like uh, planks and dead bugs, and that's going to be fantastic to add into your workout regimen. Um, these are just some, you know, these are very general recommendations for you guys. Uh, if you don't know how to do any of the exercises, YouTube it or find someone that does. Uh, I try to post some, I, I, I guess I should plug myself here, right? I, <laughs> I, I do post some of this stuff, I, at least some sort of variation of it. On, on the gram, I, I, like I say, I try to post a little bit of everything on the gram. So if you guys want to check that out, uh, at Lee Pinkham, I, I mean, that'd be awesome. I got some posts about, I know I've posted stuff about dead bugs before and planks and um, pale off press and definitely pushing movements and squatting and deadlifting. So yeah, I've got all that stuff. Plug yourself, Lee. Come on, man. Um, but yeah, check that out. So, you know, in the real world, most people, they get hurt doing things that aren't lifting crazy heavy loads, right? If it's picking weeds up out of the garden, they pull the, pull a muscle in their low back or, you know, just picking something up off the ground. That's a deadlift, right? Uh, reaching into the backseat for something while you're in the car. That's that rotational work, right? Um, shutting your trunk door. That's, you know, shoulder, that's your mobility for overhead Can you or and strength, you know, depending on um, how high your trunk is. But, uh you know, that's all like real functional movements that you need to be doing within your routine. Um, you know, you hear about people that that fall and they break their hip, right? I, I know for a fact that if I hear that, they definitely weren't squatting at all within life. I mean, you know, of course, they're squatting to sit down, but I they probably need assistance to do so. Um, you know, squat and sit in the toilet or the chair or whatever the case may be. Um, you can get away with that you know, without squatting, you know, at 40 years old and even 50 years old, really. But I would venture to say that starting kind of after 50, you're not going to be able to get away with it. Maybe even 55, 60 years old, you're not going to be able to get away with that. And then the next thing you know, you're needing help or just to stand up, right? Um, and yeah, this is always makes me think of this. You go to the doctor, uh, and, you know, if at some point in your life, because you're older, you've been going to the doctor and now, you know, you've been having some knee pain and you know what, it's probably because you weren't squatting um, and you weren't exercising. So your knees taking the brunt of all of these weaknesses and imbalances you created within your body. But doctors are saying you don't need to squat or lunge because of that knee pain, right? Um, if you've injured it because of a tear or a sprain somewhere, that's a different story. But if it's because of just inactivity, then not addressing it, that's the exact opposite of what you need to be doing. You, you need to have a proactive mindset in fixing your problems. And, and many people think that 
to fix the problem, they have to avoid squatting or working on their mobility. That's just setting you back even further. It's just not a proactive mindset to have. And hear me out, guys. If, if you're having like joint or hip pain because of inactivity, uh, what ends up happening is, is because you shorten up your ROM or the range of motion and you don't use it to its fullest capacity, a lot of those muscles that help and move it in its full range of motion, they go dormant. They, they just stop working, right? And then when you go up and down in a chair, these other muscles like in your low back or, you know, your glutes are not working and your low back's doing all the work or your hips aren't operating efficiently. Um, these muscles begin to take over in the movement that my leg muscles and my glutes, they, that's what they should be doing. They, that's what they're responsible for. But since I don't do those movements anymore, I lost a good connection with them. Um, now these other muscles, they started to overcompensate like my low back. And that's where a lot of our chronic pain comes from. And, and that's very similar to how most of just chronic pain starts for people. You don't use it, you lose it, guys. Joints have a way of moving that's optimal. And every other way that is not optimal is suboptimal. And this is where a lot of mobility work comes into play. If you know me, you know that I'm big on mobility stuff. Um, part of it is because my mobility was pretty shit for the longest of time. And it's still not great, that's for sure. Um, but I love the I love the concept of mobility and how we need to be moving efficiently and effectively uh, just to live everyday life. A lot of that came from when I was working you know, as a trainer down there. Uh, people would come to me with these little nagging injuries, and I had to, you know, I, I could very easily just avoid it and, you know, not address their pain, but that's what they've been doing their whole life. You know, that'd be such an asshole move of me to not address their problems and their weaknesses and try to help them live a, you know, a pain-free life. Like everyone deserves to live, but talk about all this mobility stuff and how it comes into play here. It's, it's about expanding your range of motion back to what it used to be. Right. So other muscles, stop compensating, uh, for, for this weakness. Um, so if you are someone who's just dealing with the pain, you got to get out of here with that mindset, man. This is not the way to live. And so many people do it. They just deal with the pain. They deal with it. And it's just a broken mindset to have. Um, there is something you can do about it. I promise. And the sooner you do something about it, the better chance you have of it, of it going away. It may never go away completely, or it might not get better right away. I can't promise you that. But you should never accept pain as just a way of living life. And and really all of this just reemphasizes my point of the importance of resistance training. And, you know, nowadays we got 10-year-olds with bad backs because of weaknesses and imbalances. A hundred years ago, if a 10-year-old had a bad back, it was from overuse. That's just not the case anymore. And we've all made mistakes when it comes to resistance training mistakes can sometimes be the best way to learn something. And it, it reminds, and you know, it gets me thinking about some of the mistakes I made. Um, I, and I know I made this mistake and I see it every day in the gym with, you know, newbies in the gym. You know, they just kind of skip over working on their technique, right? Uh, part of it is just our mentality. We are amazing human beings. We have amazing bodies and our bodies know how to react and respond uh, based off of the stress that we're providing it, right? You want me to curl this really heavy weight? Okay, that's no problem. As you know, I'll just arch my back and swing the weight up just with all my momentum to get the weight up. You didn't say how I had to do it. You just said I had to curl the weight, right? Um, 
And that's how your body responds to it. And that's just absolutely amazing. Um, however, we, we know now is like there's an effective way and an efficient way to move. Um, and I've kind of spoken about movement efficiency before in a previous podcast. Um, but yeah, so that's the idea behind that is a, that's a big problem I see um, for, for newbies in the gym. Remember, fundamentals are everything, just like in every sport, right? And in every job or activity you do. Um, it's, it's absolutely essential that your technique is spot on. And if you don't know what that is, hire someone that does or do a lot of research and experimentation with yourself. My biggest tip I can give to you on to not do this is to just go with really light weight until you feel like your form is perfect before you go up in weight. You know, another mistake that comes to mind is thinking that you got to go to failure on every set every day. This is that this is that no pain no gain mindset, right? It's got it's got its it's got its purpose in the gym. It's got its uses, right? But and you may have the right intentions with it. You want to have a really effective workout, right? But it just doesn't work like that in the gym every day. This is a this is a part of that mindset. You just associate working out. You just associate working out with meaning you got to sweat and burn and feel pain in each and every session. That's so not true. It's definitely good to do that occasionally, but but exercise exercise should be fun and enjoyable. Um, when you work out so hard that it's unbearable to move the next day, you did too much, and that's not fun and enjoyable at all. A little soreness, yeah, of course, that's all fine. But if you set your expectations to where a good workout means you're sore the next day, you're you're creating a terrible relationship with exercise, and uh, it's 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 not always you know, your, your fault, I guess you're, you're actually a, you're actually a perfect example. Uh, I think it's uh man, my psych, my psychology professor would be so disappointed. Is it like positive reinforcement? I think maybe next, I don't know, but, uh, anyways, I only took one psych class ever clearly was a waste of my time. Right. Um, but I'm talking about, you know, when we start working out in the gym, we get sore the next day. And for the first few months, maybe several months, you know, that's how it works. You work out, you're sore the next day. You work out, you're sore the next day. That's why you do a workout split. Oh, my chest is sore, but good thing I got, you know, buys and tries today or legs or whatever the case may be. Um, So you're you're associating this soreness. Well, sorry, let me back up a little bit. Um, you, You start working out and you get sore the next day. So then you start building strength, right? You start making these gains with a Z at the end. You, you start as, then you start associating the soreness with building strength, right? So, man, I've been sore for, for months now, but I'm, but I'm getting bigger. I got a little bit of a bicep here. So, you know, two plus two, that, that means that this is how I need to be doing uh, working out so I can build strength. But eventually, we don't get sore every day. And, I, you know, right now I may get sore once a week if I'm training five plus times a week. If I'm lucky, I'll get sore maybe once, maybe twice a week. If, if I still had that mentality of I had to be sore the next day, I'd be taxing the body in such a way that I'd go backwards on my progress and, and, and be overtraining, right? And when you have that mindset that, you know, I need to be sore. I need to work hard. I need to go to failure every single day. Um, it's going to set you back further. It may not feel like that at first, 
But if we're thinking long term and you're trying to be the most effective and efficient you can with your resistance training, um, it's really going to set you back. So all in all, guys, you know, my my overarching message here, uh, find something and make it fun. I mean, resistance training is great for you, but if you just want to get out there and, and you like to bike, freaking bike. I don't I don't care. Just do something that you enjoy that's fun. When something's fun, you're going to keep doing it over and over. And then as you progress in that, you know, those reasons why you work out or you bike, it's going to morph into something that's a bigger goal for you. Um, and that's what it's about. And and that's how I preach, you know, resistance training should work. We, we can talk about, we can sit here and debate about what's the most effective workout split or exactly how you should train in the gym from your, pro, from your program to how you break up your sets and reps. But if you don't enjoy going to the gym or however you exercise, then man, None of none of it matters. So so step one is just to find something you enjoy. Find a routine. Make a routine. Find a class you like. Find a community that supports you in your journey. You like CrossFit? Go do CrossFit. You like your boot camp classes? Go do your boot camp classes. Whatever it takes, just get out there and do something. So yeah, enjoy it. Get in there. Once you're in there, then you can worry about all the nitty gritty stuff like being super effective with your workouts or what workout split you should do. And, you know, if fun to you is mastering your body and trying to sculpt it into what you're imagining, then so be it. Do it. Uh, that's a lot of bodybuilders work. I know that once I started making progressions in the gym and um, seeing the results, you know, uh, aesthetically, I was like, man, maybe I can sculpt this to look a little bit better and, or this and that and kind of morse your goals a little bit. And that's the fun part about it. Uh, but if you're not getting in there and you're not enjoying it, then really none of that shit matters. So... When we talk about being effective with our training, if there's one thing I want you to remember out of this, we're, we're trying to do as little as possible to elicit the most amount of change. I think I heard that on uh, from a guy named Adam on the Mind Pump podcast a uh, probably three, four years ago, and it's stuck with me ever since. Ever since. Um, it's just a great expression to really describe what we're trying to do in the gym. I mean, we could spend six, seven hours in the gym for sure, but we're trying to do as little as possible to elicit the most amount of change in the gym. Uh, there you have it, guys. I, I hope you all enjoyed this episode. I, I know I kind of went all over the place as per usual, um, but hopefully it helped and get my message out. At the end of the day, that's what I'm trying to do. If, if I have to ramble on for an hour and you pick up one thing, so be it. So really, if you're not resistance training, start or at least try it out and, and try to stay stick to something consistent um it, whatever you do it's up to you just find something you enjoy doing and, and do it and remember i do this podcast to help you find you in this space so if, if you guys have enjoyed this episode please go check out my instagram at lee pinkham uh we can connect i can hear your ideas for content or improvement all around whatever um, and, and also do me a favor. It's been going well so far. Just keep it up, please. I love all the help I can get here. Um, go on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Leave this podcast a five-star review. Um, that's going to help this podcast get out to more and more people. It's going to help uh, all these cool people out here that I want to interview come onto the podcast so then you can listen to me talk to them. And uh, that's, that's what I want to do. I want to get this out there to everyone. So share it with your friends and family. Um, put it on your Instagram story, put it on your Twitter, put it on your Facebook. Uh, the more love, the better. So uh, until next time, guys, have a great one.